All investments. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse. It's just fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one. <laughs> it's Boise on baseball. Let's go. Score North Twin Show. This is Ricey on Baseball. Derek Wetmore and Patrick Ricey here with you. Pat, the Michael Jordan documentary rolls on, and it looks like on Twitter your interest <laughs> does not. No, I have not watched a minute. I actually I went ran by it the other day, and Michael was given one of his extremely boring uh, interviews during it. Uh, you know, saying very predictable stuff, and I just kept looking. So I do. I, I have. I don't. I can't help it. I'm not doing it to be contrary. I just don't have any interest. I don't care about Michael's last team. What do I care? Yeah. And speaking you know, of not to be controversial, Pat, you might be the only person in America who didn't care beans about the NFL draft held over the weekend. No, I followed it. I just didn't watch it constantly. But I mean, I didn't. There's nothing to be gained. But but I followed it. Uh, you know, I. I refreshed who got who got drafted. I read all the stuff about the Vikings draft races. I, I followed it. I just didn't watch it. You know, I mean, it's uh, but you know, the, the twelve minutes of speculation <laughs> before the next choice does nothing for me. I, yeah. I, you know, Maybe I, I didn't give you enough credit but, there. But it, but the, the fact that it was uh, the fact that it was uh, you know virtual or whatever instead of up to I I, I think it probably was more enjoyable to watch and the public apparently agreed because you didn't have all the crap and you didn't have to see the hugs to Goodell and that stuff. So it's, it's probably a little more, if you're really into, you know, who's, who the Baltimore Ravens are taking in the third round, uh, as a, as a general NFL fan, it was probably a lot better because all they could fill time with was, you know, showing you highlights and none of the none of the NFL promotion crap. So anyway, but I didn't watch much of it. I watched a little bit. When the Vikings, when I looked at the Vikings had a choice coming up, I'd click over and see who they got. Now, not on not on Saturday. By then, I was, <laughs> I was not I was not following the but the Viking draft board, which is actually a dart board where they throw darts uh, at the, after they get to like the fifth <laughs> round. They just they just got a bunch of pictures up there. And they just throw darts. And I get a kick out of we've got 32 draft grades already Monday morning. Why wait? Yeah, we do. We know how everybody came out. And uh, you know, I'm just one of those old fashioned guys who likes difference makers. You give me Pat Mahomes. You can have all 15 of these guys. Sure. Right? You can right. have all 15 of them and their young children and their brothers and sisters <laughs> and the rest of their families. I'll take Pat Mahomes. I want a difference maker. I want a left tackle who is not a project. I want a left tackle who's going to come in next year and kick some ass like Trent Williams. I would have given up four of these draft choices for Trent Williams, but they didn't want to pay him. Everybody says he didn't want to play here. Yes, because they weren't going to pay him. That's why he didn't want to play here. Same reason Randy Moss decided he didn't want to play here uh, when he uh, got traded over here in 2010 because he found out, just like the Patriots, they weren't going to pay him. That's why he didn't want to play here. But anyway. Mystery solved, anyway, I guess, on that one. Show. Yeah, that's right. This and, Pat, it, it reminded me, because over the weekend I'm looking at the Twins – 2017 draft and think that's the Royce Lewis draft and I'm thinking to myself oh yeah there's some interesting picks in here let's go back let's revisit them for a column on scorenorth.com 
and three years later I'm having trouble assessing their draft. But on NFL World, we've got them on Monday yeah, morning. Why wait? No, on Monday morning, and the Vikings are getting A pluses. Yeah. they got 15 guys. <laughs> That's right. Because they got 15 guys. They got one guy I'm excited about, the receiver from LSU, Carter Passes. Yeah. You know, and uh, the rest of them, they're just names, you know. I'm I'm wondering why the, the the tackle from Boise was like number one on the board for twenty five draft picks, you know. So yeah, there's got to be some reason. What uh, there's got to be some flaw there. But anyway, you always baseball. wonder. Yes, who was second? Who got picked after uh, Royce Lewis? After Royce Lewis for the Twins, they took Brent Rooker that year, and then two picks after yeah. Rooker in the supplemental round, they took uh, Landon Leach to start off the. The actual second round, he missed last year with shoulder. Where, where is he? Yeah, just missed oh, okay. 2019 shoulder stuff. Um, after that, you remember the much publicized pick. It was Blaine Enlow out of high school, who yes. had a slot value of like 700,000 or something, if memory serves. I, I don't know if that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. They signed him for two million bucks, Pat, to start off the third round. Yeah. They blew it out and, of the water. Uh, he, is, he, he isn't racing up the list yet. He, he was. Uh, I think he was rooming with uh, some of the boys down in Fort Myers. This uh, who I do a piece on that he was rooming with him. I can't remember who. Okay, but he was he was spending the winter in Fort Myers trying to go. Yeah, you're right. This is of course you are drafting college guys as opposed to you know. They, they, yeah. Somehow the NFL still gets away with the you have to have three years. It has to be your junior class before you can get drafted. I don't know how they get away with it, but they do. Yeah, so, yeah. To keep the other draft. So, anyway. Other quick notable, Pat, yeah. remember they drafted Max Meyer that year out of Woodbury High School, but instead he chose yes. to go to the Gophers, and now he'll make himself some money in this summer's draft. Yeah, he'll be, uh, they say, top 15. Wow. Maybe twins. Maybe. When, when are the twins draft? Late, draft late. They're in the uh, mid to 20, late 20s. 20. Yeah, because they won so yeah, many games well, last year. If he's still there, they'll take him probably. But he's supposed to give up. John Anderson, last time I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, said top top 15. Yeah, wow. And and that's John good. does not goose that'll those numbers off. No, that'll be good for the program to have a, a kid like that to go to the northern school and uh, yeah. get drafted that high. Pat, do you know what's yeah. going to happen? We've talked about spring sports in Minnesota in high school being canceled and sort of what a shame that is. Do you have any sense for – What's going to happen to, let's say, college baseball? Well, I, I think the Northwoods League said no, that they're not. The Cape Cod League just, just, uh, I don't think, no, the North League, Woods League, I just, just announced they were going to delay, I believe, but the Cape Cod League is not going to play first time since 1946. Wow. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Why, why can't you play baseball? Uh, you know, you know, maybe, uh, Maybe uh, maybe you don't have pickoffs, so you, you, the, the guy can only lead off so far, so you can maintain distance or something. I, I don't know why you can't have baseball. Hmm. You know, they spray the uh, spray the catcher with antiseptics after every half inning, or, or even have them take some of those Clorox tablets that uh, <laughs> Trump wants. Uh, yeah, the Clorox chewables, as they say. The official stance much, uh, on the Score North Twin <laughs> Show is against the advocacy of Clorox chewables. <laughs> Just for the record. Clorox chewables. Anyway. Worse than Tide uh, Pods, Pat. Hey, Derek. So I'm driving downtown to like, go down to the Star Tribune building yesterday because I'm in there and there's 200. It's a newsroom for 240 and I'm the only guy in there. Safest place in America. 
to do a little work. You know, those viruses are going to have to look all over to find me. I'm just one little guy in the whole big room. So it's, uh, and, uh, but I'm driving down there. The farmer's market is open. No kidding. Downtown Minneapolis? Yeah. I can't go to Nordstrom to get a pair of socks, but the farmer market is open. I did not know that. People spit polishing a tomato before they buy the damn thing, and uh, and, and they're open. You know, we're opening up all this stuff. I, I don't get it. Uh, how, what what the standard is on whether you're allowed to be open? Sure. Well, more on um, baseball over the summer. I saw the American <laughs> Association, Pat, for, where the league the Saints yeah. play in. Uh, yes. Have officially delayed their should be May start. I don't think they've called it like the Cape Cod League has already. But it does make me curious about you know D1 college baseball and. And summer leagues everywhere. Yeah, and good luck drafting without having any information on the, anybody's uh, draft year. Either seniors in high school or juniors in college. You don't have, uh, you know, you didn't. You got to see them in February when they're still warming up. And uh, you know, Max Meyer, I think pitched five games, something like that. Okay, pitching five, six games, and you're you're, you're throwing darts, man. Yeah, I hope you did your homework last year. <laughs> don't you really think it'll mean? I think it'll mean a lot of kids will be going to college. Yes. I don't think they, but what has it done to the slots, by the way? Do we even know that? Yeah, they have not officially decided on anything, but the report that I saw from a credible source, this was two weeks ago, they were the agreement, at least, between the players' union and the league was something to the effect of, Slash the draft, cut the bonus pools, maybe making it as short as five rounds if they were to reopen. So it would be a dramatic, dramatic difference for guys, you know, sixth round on. What, if, they, if they cut it to that round and a lot of guys don't get signed, that 2021 draft's going to be a son of a gun. Loaded. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be terrific, man, because uh, you're going to have uh, an increase in the pool by uh, 80%. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it, it is a complete mess here. So I'll tell you one thing, though. I, I did, as I, I had to run up to Walgreens today for something, so I had to stop next door at Byerly's. And you know what? You never have to call home and say, do we need toilet paper? There was, they had toilet paper for sale. You know, one buy. You just buy it, right? You don't. <laughs> you don't really call home. You, you don't. You know, they there. They got to just please, just take one package. But uh, you know, you got to you got to buy the package, right? If it's there, you got to take it, right? It's like it might be your last chance in a month. It might be a month <laughs> from now before you see this again. You got you to take it. You never have to ask that question. Do we need toilet paper? Yes, yes. We do. Anyway, that's that's what I learned this morning. Uh, incredible, incredible insight. Uh, Pat, another thing I know you learned, we were talking about it off mic just a quick second ago, uh, pass on a word of baseball news uh, for Twins fans and anyone listening to the Score North Twin Show, Royce on baseball. Reportedly, Vin Scully, the legendary Dodger broadcaster, is okay and recovering after he took a bit of a spill at home, I guess. Um, s- s- he's... Older than I knew, Pat. I knew he retired to much fanfare, but yes. Yeah, 88, I believe, when he, was he 88 when he retired? I think he's in his early 90s now, and yeah, scary incident over the weekend, but the latest report that I saw is that Scully is doing well. Well, that's good because it's, you know, I did hear an interview with him. It was, it was kind of a 
public service thing about stay home, uh, you know, old people. And, uh, and, and you can, the voices, the great voices, uh, you know, sounds like he's in his nineties now. Okay. It's, it's, it's getting, it's getting shaky. Mm. Cause he was still, you know, he was still outstanding when he was on the air. Yeah. Uh, I, I won't get into the specific subjects, but uh, I never really got to spend any time around it. But he would hold a bit of court in the Dodger press room before games. He'd come in there for a little dinner or lunch or breakfast, whatever it was. And he'd sit around there, and they always said, there's nothing greater than Vin telling a joke because he tells it in the Vin he sounds like he's doing a ball game, <laughs> but, he, but he's telling some irreverent joke. But he's doing it as them, you know. He, he doesn't change what he when he's talking to you. He's just like I guess that was the secret of his success as an announcer because it just sounded like he was talking to you, right? And he, he sounded, you know, and, and that's him. That's, that's the way funny. he talks to people. Amazing career though. He was there when Bobby Thompson. Hit the home run, the miracle of the miracle of Coogan's Bluff. He was at that game, doing that game as a the backup announcer in uh, 1951, and uh, all those years later. Yeah. Well, good luck to him. What did he break something or not? I haven't seen details or mum in the report that I saw out of the Associated Press. So. By the way, I must say that you bring up Vin. I'm not imp- as impressed with Sid being a hundred. As I was uh, on March 15th when it occurred because I did this folder on Elizabethton uh, this week, this uh, column on, you know, the twins are Elizabethton is facing the reality of, uh, you know, not having the twin, not having the Appalachian League anymore. And even if they were to get a collegiate team or something, it isn't the same, right? Because one of the great things Elizabethton takes pride in is Puck played there, and Gaetti played there, and Herbeck played there, and Mauer, and all these. Last year, I think six guys in the Twins lineup played there. And, you know, Polanco and Kepler and Eddie, and they all played there. And so that's the source of pride. That's why they love having that team down in this little town. But Rance told me about uh, this mother and daughter who went to every game. And they used to bring cookies and brownies and cakes, and they put five pounds on them during a uh, four-game homestand. And and he couldn't remember the name, but I called somebody else down there and got their names and talked to the daughter. And uh, Paul and the daughter and the mom, Gertrude, 102, was outside planting flowers. Wow. <laughs> At 100. Hundred and two year old baseball loving Aunt B was out planting flowers and I said, Okay, this is pretty good. So And just a quick background, Pat, on your column, which uh listeners can find at the Star Tribune, StarTribune dot com sports section. The the sort of the backdrop of it all is kind of a sad one. It's along baseball's lines of possibly possibly consolidating and eliminating some forty teams from professional baseball, and I say possibly in quotation marks because this seems like it's going to advance those conversations, if nothing else. Well, it sounds, yeah, this the whole virus thing is screwing things up, but it sounds like the Pioneer and the Appalachian are the two that are doomed for sure. Uh, so that would get them, that would only get them 18 I don't know what uh, where, where else they were going to make their cuts because uh, they're going to keep their uh, – they're going to keep their uh, Florida and Arizona, 
you know, rookie league teams. That's where you would have all the rookies stay. But, uh, that would, you know, they would basically get rid of a rookie ball. I don't know what happens to the New York Penn short season A. That might go too, you know, that's, that's supposedly class A, but that short season, and it's, so you got high A, low A, and then short season A, which is the New York Penn League, that might go away too, so. Uh, but yeah, they're, that's, uh, that's, they're, they're pretty resolved from some of the people I've talked to on there that it's not, uh, that they aren't gonna, they aren't gonna have organized baseball. The Twins, you know, own the team down there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they have some, they have, they have somebody else operating it, but they own it and they, they, the, the Twins in the city just spend, I think it was a million two doing a new clubhouse and a new facility, you know, a big improvement to the facilities, and they apparently have a great old clubhouse down there now, trading facility and everything. And uh, and that was just a couple of years ago, so they both have six hundred thousand. And this little town of the Twins can take the six hundred thousand dollar investment a hell of a lot better than Elizabethton, which is a town of thirteen thousand. You know? Wow! It's, yeah, it's a, so the Twins will probably put something in there, you know, into Cloud College town, but it won't be the same. You know, it won't be the you know, the, as I said, the, the excitement there is, you know, you can have a room there with the plaques of uh, all the great twins of the last, they came in in 1974, you know. Yeah. Anyway. No, and, too, if they put all that money into the home clubhouse and it's now a nice facility, that doesn't exactly match the uh, stories that you hear about the E-Town twins <laughs> from over the years. Oh, no. Oh, no. There was, uh, you uh, you know, stated homes of people, you know. Yes. And, uh, and they, but the clubhouse, uh, Lance is in the clubhouse, uh, they had, they had nice hooks in the clubhouse back when they first came there. You know, they were, they really made them, uh, they had these old metal lockers like you, uh, you know, like we had in the, in the basketball gym and folded in 1958, you know, that kind of, you know, the old planky. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's charming. When they first came there, when they first came there, there was a gate in the ballpark, like a back, near the fence, and to cut over to the river. And then there was a gate at the other end, and when they weren't playing ball, there was a road that went through the ballpark. So, they, you know, just the, the, they, everybody going fishing was someplace. They just drive that road right across the ballpark. And then they close the gate to have a ball game. <laughs> so when... So when uh, when the twins came, when Rats went to look at the place, he said, uh, "And we got to get rid of that. We can't have that road. We got to be able to grow grass here." And I, the guy's name was what was the guy's name? Oh, Carmen Duger was his name. He's a legend down there. And he said, "Carmen solved it. He closed the road. He didn't even ask anybody. He just shut her down. <laughs> Would have put up a big barricade, closed the road, and." Uh, Anyway, I I feel bad that I've never gone down there. And if they were to play this summer, I think I might try to, you know, just on my own go down and look at it because it looks terrific. I mean, it sounds like it's a hell of a place. Tom Powers, years ago, about 20 years ago, for the uh, St. Paul paper, went on a circuit of the whole, uh, of all the minor league places. And I know he's looked at this. The great Mike Radcliffe quote, Radcliffe quote was always, uh, We've had great improvement. Elizabethton has improved greatly. Uh, they now have an Applebee's. <laughs> he was very excited that they now have an Applebee's. <laughs> anyway. Spoken like a true yeah, uh, baseball road warrior, I would say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, uh, as a uh, as a well-known lefty, 
uh, in my own uh, beliefs. I don't think I'd fit in politically with most of the people I talk to out there. Maybe not. <laughs> That's okay. It's baseball. We don't need politics in baseball. That's right. Common interest, I would say. Yes. Right. Yeah, hey, so right. you, you mentioned uh, Herbeck, and this gives me like a – a bit of a segue, Herbeck came to the Twins in the 80s, and we were talking, Pat, um, last week about a former random team for you to recall and, and regale us with stories. Uh, you picked three shining examples so far, the 1977 Twins, the 1965 World Series team, and then the 1970 club, which you say is the most forgotten Great Twins yes. team in their history. Uh, I believe I was promised a bit of a stinker this week to yes. sort of balance well, out the positivity. Are a, you are getting a stinker this week, and I got to call up my computer here, so I have to get the full details. So underrated in the history of the Twins for rottenness, are the uh, 1981 Twins because of the strike. You know, so that the season is kind of a forgotten season. But, uh, so it all started, for me, as bad as, uh, the, uh, 2011 to, uh, it was 2011-14 run, right? Where they were really horrible and then they, you know, they were, they were basically horrible from 2011 to 16, but they popped up in 15. But the, to me, 81, 80, 81, 82 are the worst talent they've ever had. Now, six, 82, they started bringing in the young guys, you know, and lost all those games. But in 70, in 1980, somehow they were 77 and 84, which is a, a miracle. But you know what, how that, uh, that happened was Mock, Gene Mock, the manager, quit. On, uh, 19, on, uh, but we, you and I looked it up, August 25th, all right, right? Yeah. August 25th. He quit, uh, they lost the game. We, I remember talking to him in the dugout, uh, that Sunday morning and he was talking about the future and the twins got beat that day, uh, uh, three to two, end of a homestand. They were 54 and 71. And uh, we awake uh, the next day in the morning. We get the news that he has quit. Mock has quit and did not go on the road trip to Cleveland. He went home. So they were 51-74, and 74, and they named John Gorl as the manager. And they stunk until, where is it now, September 19th, they were 66-82, and 82, and they went on a 12-game winning streak. Wow. Winning <laughs> streak, so that kind of distorted everything. By the way, I just looked it up. That winning streak ended with emphasis. A seventeen to one loss to Kansas City oh. on October fourth, the semi, the second to last uh, game of the season. But now the next year is the one we're going to talk about. By the way, that team. Uh, let me look at this. Let me. I got to confirm this. John Castino. This this team somehow. Won the 1980 team somehow went 77 and 84, even though John Castino won batting triple crown for that team with 13 home runs, 64 RBIs, and a 302 average. Ouch! 
Dead ball era, Pat. Out <laughs> dead ball era, except the Twins made it a dead ball era. It wasn't really the dead ball era. But the next year, uh, they were just awful. And uh, Billy Gardner was the manager. Johnny Gorl started that year as manager. And basically, he, he it was amazing. Nice guy, Groucho was his name, but we had him in spring training, and now he had the job. And he couldn't speak. He couldn't answer a question. He asked him a question. He just looked at you like he was like you were like he was in witness protection, and you were asking him for his identification or something. I mean, he wouldn't. Hey, John just was not built out to be a big league manager, even with the four reporters you had in Minnesota, right? Yeah. So anyway, Johnny got fired. Billy Gardner replaced him, who was just the opposite, the greatest quote man in the history of sports. And uh, but they were terrible. And I got to look this up for you. The strike came. Uh, when do we get the strike? Mm-hmm. Just remember that split season. Yeah. The strike. The strike came on June 11th. After the games of June 11th, that Twins team was 17 and 39. 17 and 39. Yikes. And. And uh, they didn't come back till August 10th, but I'll never forget Gardner's in there uh, in his room in the Met Stadium. And uh, this is the last year of Met Stadium, by the way. And Gardner's in his clubhouse door, and the, the players are all packing up and walking out with their bags because they're going on strikes. And remember, we had a nice guy, utility infielder named Chuck Baker. Chuck Baker's walking out. Gardner says, there's Chuck Baker. He's gone. He's leaving through to strike for his free agent rights. He says three outfits want him: the Army, the Navy, and the Marine. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> but they came back on August tenth, and they split the season. You know. Yeah. So they, you know, you could make the playoffs a split season, and the Twins were hanging around five hundred for a while, and they let them print playoff tickets. So a great keepsake of Twinsdom. Is some people, you know, like the 2000 season ticket holders they had were mailed, uh, if they, if they wanted to, to purchase them, they were mailed playoff tickets. So playoff tickets are, ro- are floating around out there for a team that finished 41 and 68 if you go to the, uh, if you go to the whole, uh, uh, thing. And the next year, Calvin was so disgusted with that. The next year they go to the dome. And, uh, he looks at that team and he was, he was paying Smalley quite a bit of money. He was going to have to pay Weininger quite a bit of money. And he said to hell with it. Traded Smalley, traded his, uh, uh, relief pitcher, Doug Corbett, who, to, to Mock, who was out in California by then, traded, uh, Butch, Butch Weininger, traded, traded everybody. And, uh, in, in 82, the first year of the Dome, and that's when they called up uh, all the, all the young guys, and uh, that's the that's the team that had the uh, record of uh, most losses, uh, sixty and one hundred and two, until uh, the uh, Twins of uh, two thousand uh, what seventeen? Sixteen, I think. Fifteen, nine and one. Sixteen, they 16, lost well, all those games. 15, yeah, you're right. Seventeen, they were in the playoffs. Uh, Sixteen, yeah, fifty nine and one hundred three. That's the record they broke. But that mm-hmm. team. The uh, John Castino was a really good player. This is something you got to look up some. Uh, but Castino that year was this is only in a hundred and uh, 
uh, well, let's see, 41 and 109 games. He uh, was uh, six and 36 home runs, 36 RBIs, and uh, that's that kind of been the triple crown again. <laughs> Oh, nobody had any production. Nobody had any production. Anyway, those teams were incredibly terrible. Salvatore, Danny Goodwin, Rob Wilfong, Roy Smalley, John Castino, Gary Ward, Mickey Hatcher, Dave Engel, uh, who was, later became a catcher, Glenn Adams, Hoskin, Neutral Powell, uh, Bob Doder from UPI, I always called him Neutral because he played in Neutral, Pete McAdon, uh, Ron Jackson. Anyway, 1981, it was, uh, that was a, that team, because of the strike, is not remembered adequately for their horribleness. That was a terrible baseball team. Well, but then it gave way to that wave of young players you're talking about in 1982 yeah, yeah, that sort of got the court. It did. And by the way, uh, total attendance that year, because uh, they only had a limited time, I think it was 469,000. Oh. <sighs> you might be looking at that this year, Pat, and drooling. <laughs> Yes, well, that's true. Uh, but that was Gaetti, the 82 team, you know, was Gaetti's thing. I'm beginning to think they should just put on our uniforms hapless twins. He said, every time I look at the every time we come to a town and I look at the newspaper and say, the Indians are opening a three-game series tonight against the hapless twins. <laughs> he said, he says we should just put on our uniform, hapless twins. Pretty good. Sense of humor, that guy. Yes, it was. He was great. Pat, thank you so much huh? for uh, regaling us with this story of the 1980-81 and 82 twins. This has been a treat. All right, sir. We will do it again next week. Very good. Thank you. For Patrick Royce, this is Derek Wetmore signing off on the Score North Twin Show. Patrick Royce on baseball. Check out the podcast if you miss anything or the radio show Monday nights at 6. Talk to you next week. Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- 925-5608 and set up your 48-minute no-obligation consultation. Call 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz.